are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to an October 14th. Friday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com and a former Blazer beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. And I am joined by my co-host, Dane Carbaugh from NBC's Pro Basketball Talk and the host of The Rewind. Dane, how's it going? Doing pretty well. Just watched the Blazers lose in a close one to the Clippers. But uh, yeah, ready to talk about it. Glad CJ had a good game. Let's get into it, man. Yeah, C.J. McCollum uh, had his first uh, real good game of the preseason, but the Blazers lose 109-108, and it almost went to overtime. Uh, the, Blazer, the Blazers trailed by as many as 18 points. Uh, the JV Blazers led a comeback. Noah Vonley, Jake Lehman, Grant Jarrett, Shabazz Napier. Uh, all involved in the comeback effort. Pat Connaughton, who was ruled out earlier in the day, actually getting to play late. Um, and, yeah, but the Clippers take it home. Blake Griffin with 26 points. Uh, Chris Paul, 10 points, 10 assists. Uh, Jamal Crawford with the game winner in the fourth quarter to uh, hold the Blazers off and their rally. But uh, the Blazers lose their first preseason game. Uh, they Grant Jarrett with a big shot down the stretch, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. an, an, another hard knocks moment. I, we've had a couple. We had the Montero uh, shot a couple of, in the first preseason game. I feel like Grant Jarrett uh, with another moment here to help his candidacy to maybe snag that 15th roster spot on the Blazers to tie it at 107, but they ultimately fall thanks to Jamal Crawford. Weird ending though, right? Like insane ending. That was so weird. So Jamal Crawford hits the shot and then uh, DeAndre Jordan runs on the court with 0.2 seconds left and the Blazers inbound the ball, of course, and uh, shot a technical foul and there was a video review and all this crazy stuff, but they... Uh, didn't the the, it, the the free technical foul and the weird DeAndre Jordan thing wasn't enough to get it done, but um, some interesting things we saw tonight. But the most important, I think, and most encouraging, uh, not that I think we either one of us thought that he wasn't uh, gonna be solid, but just to see a, a good game from CJ McCollum was good to see since we hadn't really seen one yet. Yeah, he went eight from uh, eight of seventeen from the field, including two for five from three. Had twenty points. He had a uh, five rebounds, four assists. And you're right, we didn't think he was going to have a poor shooting entire preseason. Obviously, we're not. Even if he has a terrible preseason for every single game, we're not projecting that to be anything that's going to happen during the course of the regular season. Especially not uh, basically how well Damian has played and how well Evan Turner has played and how that backcourt obviously is meshed together so quickly. But yeah, good to see him get out there and uh, you know really come up in a spot in which you know the Clippers played a tough game, and that's the perfect you know stage to see that he's he played well on a on a on a big stage or as big a stage as you can have in preseason. Yeah, unfortunately for him, he was the only one who really played very, like all that well from the Blazers. Mm-hmm. I guess I mean Lillard played okay, but he had five turnovers kind of a rough day in that department. And then uh, Al Farouk Aminu got ejected in the third quarter. That was weird. 
Very uh, weird. Very strange. Yeah, yeah. That that was odd. And I'm, it just kinda... I'm, I'm with him on that one, by the way. That that play was very odd. And the the referee seemed to have a very interesting handle on what was happening. I mean, you know, Kenny Maurer, head official, is obviously uh, you know a respected official in the league. But it was it was it was a strange one, just given that Mason Plumley fouled out in the second quarter, followed uh, you know quickly thereafter by Aminu, you know, really kind of getting ghosted on a foul in which he, he, he missed the ball on a pass to Blake or Jordan, Drander Jordan. And then yeah, he I, th- I think, yeah, I think it Jordan. was, I think it was Blake. He, okay. who the pass was to, but yeah. And then he went behind him and then he like spun and basically missed him. And you know, that, then, and the baseline official made the call. So, you know, I'm, I'm with him on that one. It was a, it was a strange look to see him get so heated and kicked out. I think as an official, you probably, you probably need did something wrong there. Cause he's a pretty quiet guy and pretty reserved. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Uh, you know, Aminu, uh, at least with us, uh, uh, at least with the, the, the media, he, he definitely is not very forthcoming. Or, but on the court, I mean, he can get emotional, but never anything that I would think, you know, would uh, uh, lead to an ejection like that. Uh, it was really odd for that to happen, especially in a preseason game. And it seemed like over nothing. You know, mm-hmm. it didn't seem like a whole lot was going on there. But Aminu got ejected. Then, you know, uh, they went small. They or they threw Myers Leonard in there, obviously, because Mason Plumlee was not in the game because he fouled out. Then they threw Ed Davis in there. And uh, lots of weird lineups. Not a whole lot was working. They started to make a little uh, headway uh, on the lead. Uh, late in the third quarter, the second quarter really set them back in this one. Uh, th- they didn't score for like six minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so, so that was hard to recover from. Uh, what really got the game back in their favor was the, the young guys in the fourth quarter uh, that really swung the game back uh, towards the Blazers' favor with Shabazz Napier leading the way and then also Noah Vonley. Um, you know, making some impact plays and, and, and knocking down a three-pointer. And then Jake Lehman, too. Jake Lehman coming off the bench for the last five minutes of the game, knocking down some shots. And, we, of course, we mentioned uh, Grant Jarrett's three-pointer earlier in the show. Uh, and Alan Crabb had a nice game uh, with 11 points off the bench. But, um, yeah, not a, really a whole uh, – you know, the Blazers, I think the starter – the the, the 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 one thing about this preseason, their record has been great, but the mm. one concern that I have is that it seems like almost all the games are being won by, and maybe this isn't a bad thing because that's what preseason <laughs> should be for, but all the games are being won by the JV guys. Yeah, you know what I mean. I I think maybe that's. Or do you think that's because all of the varsity guys are still getting to know each other. I mean, it's a different rotation. I mean, who's yeah. 100% going to be at the four. You have Turner. We don't know if he's going to start or not. We don't know if Harkless is going to start or not. Harkless started tonight, by you, the way. We you didn't know what mention. I mean? Yeah, we yeah. didn't mention that. Um, so maybe that's what it is. Maybe the there's no, there's no mm, projected cohesiveness or expected cohesiveness for the, I mean extremely JV squad we're talking about the guys who are playing at the, you know, the end of or throughout the fourth quarter tonight and basically every, every night in the preseason. So maybe that helps them. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, um, it seems like you know they're still trying to find uh, you know a, a fit with all the guys. You know, I think that second quarter was really uh, an interesting test for them because obviously Turner was on the court a lot for that, and you know last year they had uh, usually they had Gerald Henderson in that spot, mm-hmm. and um, Henderson's role was a little bit a little bit less broad, I suppose. I feel like Turner. Um, because of the contract, because of the way he plays, uh, has a little bit more carte blanche to do like whatever he wants in the offense. And I feel like, and I feel like there's still, I don't think it's not going to, I don't think that it's not going to work. I just think that everyone's kind of adjusting to it. I think CJ McCollum had a good game. You know, he had a good game, obviously statistically, but the Blazers really kind of let the game get away from them in that time when it was McCollum and Turner out on the court. So, um, you know, I think they're definitely still figuring out that dynamic. Yeah, I, I would say that, and uh, you, you put it in terms of you, you weren't sure if you would call it being worried. That's kind of where I'm at with it, too. I'm not worried. It's just more weird that the offense hasn't, especially compared to the second unit, having at least some kind of consistency with each other. So, but I think it's to be expected with so much new, uh, blood and also new blood in different positions and different roles for their second and third seasons really being contributors to the team. So I don't know. It's I'm not worried about it given the fact that this team is projected to be a great offensive team, you know, mm-hmm. a top top 10 offensive team oh, in the NBA oh, this yeah. season, so eh, it's yeah, that's what preseason's for, so right. Yeah, no, that exactly. You hit the nail on the head with that's what preseason f- is for. They are projected to be a good offense. And I think that, you know, I don't think just because some of Turner's best skills bleed into what McCollum and Lillard do well, doesn't mean that they can eventually not become a cohesive unit. And so, yeah, um, yeah I, I think that's definitely still in the cards uh, for this team, but uh, they're still, they're still looking forward a little bit. Really, really weird game though. You know, uh, mm-hmm. preseason game, really weird game in general though. I know Blazers Clippers usually tend to get weird, but, um, you know, Vonley really, I kind of want to talk about him. I, I know that he, you know, I know that the Blazers kind of had their front three guys in the rotation. That's pretty settled in terms of the front court. And then you have Fessa who is, is also there that you would project to put in front of Vonley. But Vonley, you know, he obviously still has some, some moments where he's missing plays. But I, I've never seen him this confident. I know he missed a pass uh, from Shabazz Napier, uh, you know, late in that game. And, you know, he, he misses that pass, and the Blazers kind of miss a chance to to win the game there. But um, overall, still, I'm really impressed with where he's at in the preseason. I think he's definitely in a much better place than he was earlier in the summer. Yeah, I don't want to be too uh, overly Homer optimistic, and I'm not saying that you're doing that. I think you, to maybe add to what you're saying, it's good to see – the kind of progression that he's had over the course of the preseason. I think you would only understand that progression if you'd been watching him for the last couple of seasons. So I would say that that is a good thing. That is what I want to see in preseason. That is what I want to see from the, um, you know, basically the, the end of the bench guys and the development guys. I will say that I don't think he contributes this season. Unless he has some sort of weird 
Mo Harkless end to the run of this season or something, or if the Blazers' big men rotation really doesn't shake out together, they just can't put it together, or if, you know, I, I don't know, Festus's knee isn't straight like the entire season. Yeah, or um, anybody else I, gets I, hurt I, too, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really, you're right. I do like to see his confidence. It's uh, completely different from what we've seen from before. I still think he makes too many uh he misses too many plays. Oh yeah, he, you're, that's right. He misses too many. He misses too many plays. But we will see him at least uh, play a little bit, and I think that we'll see him get better. And um, yeah, preseason has been hopeful for him, I suppose. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely. I think Blazers fans should definitely be more optimistic about Vonley. I think. I think it's fair to be more optimistic about him right now because he's just been better. I agree with you that I don't think he is going to get minutes for a playoff team, but. You know, he he's making it easier if if Stotts were to in a situation where they're facing a team that's extremely athletic in the front court to maybe mm-hmm. go with Vonley, you know, or small well, or small I, or like a super small team. Like I think at the very least, I don't I don't necessarily think he's going to be a major contributor, but I think he's one of those guys that Stotts could maybe throw in like a like kind of a curveball type situation now, and it's not so weird because I feel like it would have been weird had he not made this progress. I don't know. I think I if correct me if I'm wrong. Because our conversations from last year, you've been on Vonley Island for a little while, right? Yeah. Okay. All so, right. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm biased. I'm not. Clearly. I'm not. Yeah. You're no, no. That that's fine. I want us. We have two different opinions. Right. But if if you're coming from that direction and I'm coming from the other direction, which is I'm I'm kind of of the opposite opinion, where I think this guy has so much polishing needed. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're still cutting. We're still cutting through rock. I don't even see the gem yet. Um, I'm I've kind of gone the other direction. So in that. Okay, I'm finally seeing it. I'm seeing what I wanted to see over the course of the preseason. I'm seeing the development that I that gives me some sort of. If I'm a Blazers fan, that gives me the hope that Novanley is going to kind of shake out over the course of the seasons that they can kind of stow him away at the end of the bench. So, coming from me as someone who's a pessimist on Vonley after last season, now I'm turning into an optimist just over the course of the preseason. That's pretty good. Yeah, and like you said, I totally agree with you that he misses plays. I mean, the one of the ones that comes to mind is Ed Davis, I think, was guarding Bass or, or Spates, uh, one of the big guys that was in there, one of the backups for the Clippers. And, you know, instead of box out his guy, you know, Noah tried to go over there and block the shot when Davis was guarding him pretty well. So obviously there's just those things that he's got to pick up that he's just got to understand that – even though now he, it looks like he's feeling more confident in his game. Uh, you know, he still needs to f- find that balance between, you know, making an impact on the game and still doing his job. And I think that's especially what the Blazers are going to need from their big guys is guys that can just do their job because, uh, you know, the guys that are making the really big impacts, you know, aren't going to be guys like Vonley. But you know, if, if he can strike that balance, you know, that that's eventually what you want. Yeah, for sure, for but, sure. Yeah, so the the Blazers uh, wrap up their L.A. trip um, with the Lakers and Clippers. Uh, they're going to take on the Nuggets on Sunday uh, in their next preseason game uh, back in Portland. But, um, yeah, is there anything else that you, you, you saw tonight that you wanted to mention? Uh, you know, Myers Leonard had a – Pretty quiet game. Uh, I think Ed Davis mm-hmm. just is just really a rock for this team. You know, they really he just really does what he's always going to do. 
Um, and I think the dynamic of him potentially not playing is is is, is a weird one. But it, what 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 stood out to you now? I guess we're four game, uh, you know, four games into the preseason. I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent, but a thought literally just popped in my head, and maybe this is not something that's new. But Ed Davis seems to me, un, like given the fact that he plays for Neil Olshea, he seems like the kind of player that Neil could squeeze. Uh, what a basic fan would think is a lopsided trade out of sending him somewhere. Not that that would ever happen because he's so valuable and so useful to his team, but all of that value, I think is like, it's so clear he would be able to sell it to like bring back another star. Uh, I don't know why I thought about that. I, I don't really want to get down to that tangent. That's completely random. Yo, but he's, he's so, he's so valuable. You know, I mean, I don't know what the Blazers would get back, but like if you're the Warriors, you would kill for Ed Davis. You would kill for Ed Davis if you were the Warriors. You would kill for Ed Davis. So the thing that I, the last thing I noticed about this game that I saw was pretty apparent. I noticed it both in gameplay and both simply just by you know close-ups of the camera on the shot. But clearly, Myers was not able to do upper body training over the course of the last uh, year, basically, and it shows. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look as cut in his arms. His arms don't have that much definition. And he got pushed around by DeAndre a lot, which is to say that that's not wouldn't happen normally. But he got pushed around so much that he was getting uh, frustrated a little bit, and you could see he was out of position, and he just couldn't keep up with him. And typically, I mean, Myers is getting older, he's getting stronger, he's filling out into his body. You would think that you know, if typically if he hadn't have that this season, he would be even better prepared than he was last season to push around DeAndre Jordan. This season, he looks underprepared. Obviously, I think that's just a, uh, a, a training issue just because not physically not being able to lift. I'm not worried about it in any way. But uh, it was something that I noticed I thought was interesting that we'll have to sort of monitor as the season goes on in terms of his being able to you know, play those minutes on defense. Yeah. It, one, one possession that stood out to me that was a little concerning was uh, Raymond Felton had a drive in that second quarter when the Blazers were kind of getting killed and uh, Meyer, he just kind of moved Myers Leonard out of the way. And it was just like, that's not what you want to see from your center. But clearly, I think you hit the nail on the head again that he uh, is clearly just not 100% yet. The fact that he's back and is uh, allowed to play and is, you know, allowed to be on the court and playing these preseason games is huge. But, um, you know, and I'm sure, and he's obviously, you know, been practicing and stuff, but. Uh, not a whole lot, so he he really still hasn't gotten a whole chance to really get back to full strength, and uh, I'm sure that he will get there. Uh, the Blazers staff is pretty good at making sure that guys live throughout the season, and uh, that I think that uh, and Myers himself is is you know very in on weightlifting, as I'm sure mm-hmm. uh, you you may know. And if and if you follow his wife's uh, you know Instagram stories, he's really into nutrition. Right. So of course, of course, this podcast had to mention. Be me mentioning whether or not Miles has big muscles. So, you know. Well, Myers did. Uh, I saw that he did like a tweet that this podcast was mentioned in. Where we, so, oh, yeah. Myers, I don't, I know you're listening. Come on the podcast. I know. Come on the podcast, we, we, buddy. You know you want to come and talk Blazers with us uh, and, and talk about your hair and, and your zen, please. And, and my beard. And my beard, man. If you're listening right now, my beard is so itchy, and you, it's and, terrible. I want to rip it and off why my you face, don't, and, but it's all it's all. And why Myers. you don't follow us on Twitter? Come on, yeah, come on, come Myers. 
Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, Myers Leonard uh, working his way back though. Uh, you know, he, he he's starting to look pretty comfortable though. I, I mean, I think you know he's still he, yeah, he, he looks fine. fine. Like that's the thing is like, but um, you know, still clearly working his way back. I think Ed Davis. Yeah, I think he, gosh, just starting to think about that. I don't know what the Blazers could get back, but you know. There's so many teams. Ed Davis would be good on any team. Like that that's that's mm-hmm. where he, you know, kind of is right now. Uh Shabazz Napier uh looking pretty solid. You know, again, mm-hmm. I, I know yeah. we mentioned this before, but Shabazz Napier looking pretty solid. Uh Pat Connaughton, I, I'm not sure. I mean, he had four assists in in five minutes. Uh, but uh, he didn't really look like he was m- moving too well, and it looked like he may have been favoring that shoulder. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, di- I didn't see that part of it. I did see him early in the for- or, yeah early in the fourth quarter get shook so hard by Jamal Crawford. No, no, it wasn't early in the fourth quarter. Where was it? When was it? It was like with it was two minutes and forty five seconds left, something around there. I thought Terry Stotts maybe needed to call a timeout and caught him right there. He got shook so hard. I mean, he fell down towards the Blazers bench, and Jamal Crawford continued on the arc mm. away from them. It was, it was yeah. Blazers, the Blazers got got tonight by a couple of crossovers. They not only they, they not really only did. lost on the scoreboard, they lost some crossovers. Uh, yeah, there was that one from uh, Jamal Crawford on Pat Connaughton, and then Damian Lillard also got crossed up. He tripped yeah. up on. Da- uh, yeah, it doesn't count. really count, but I mean, Paul did get him going pretty good one way, and yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, Lillard sure. wasn't really aware that Griffin was there, that Blake Griffin was there, and that his foot was there, and so he tripped over his foot. It made it look worse than it did, but, um, yeah. you know, facts don't matter. Facts, <laughs> facts, facts, facts yeah, don't matter. Yeah. So I, I think he's, uh, he, 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 I think so. Who knows? I'm, I'm pretty sure that the internet's gonna be like, oh, he got crossed. Yeah, yeah, he got, he got, he got. No, nobody I mean, cares about context on crossover the, videos. Nobody. No, no, nobody. That's nobody. not what it's about. It's about the crossover, or like nobody cares about context when you get dunked on. Yeah, at this point in time, people should just start uh, trying to step on people's feet on purpose to get on the crossover. Right. Videos. It was like, like that how many sense. times did people try and say, "Oh, well, Brandon Knight was just trying to rotate over on defense when DeAndre <laughs> Jordan That's just what, dunked all over him." It's. it's 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 what Matt Moore likes to call, or is it Zach Harper and Matt Moore both like to call highlight truthers? That's right, Hi- highlight truthers. There you go. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, whatever you want, we're not going to highlight truth the Dame. That, that that's just how it goes on the internet. You know, Chris Paul got his. Yep. You know, I mean, he actually fell over when Steph Curry crossed him up, but that happens. You know, NBA <laughs> NBA players are, are, are quite good. Um, yeah, no, um, uh, no, nothing, nothing else for me on the Blazers' end. I think uh, the the Clippers, um, you know, I think they're going to be solid. I think they're going to be the second best team uh, in the West. Although uh, a lot of that means lots of, uh, at least tonight, that meant a lot of relying on Brandon Bass in most spates. But um, I, I kind of do like those two guys on the on uh, this team. I, I know that they still lack wing depth, but they they have pretty solid bigs. Yes, you know, the the broadcasting crew was talking about how this might be the deepest, and I think the context is one of the deepest Doc Rivers Clippers teams mm-hmm. there has been, which is like, okay, well, how many 38-year-old veterans are you 
you know, are you comparing that to over the seasons? But um, having somebody who's useful off the bench in most baits and Brandon Bass, yeah, that, that's great. I mean, you're right. The issue is still at wing. It's like, are they starting, uh, you know, Bamute? Are they starting Alan Anderson? It's like, yeah, what are they doing? But um, you, you're right. I think that the Clippers, to me, look confident. They look like veterans. They look like they knew who they are. Um, and I'm personally hoping just from a, a perspective of I kind of like the Clippers. Uh, at least I, I like Chris Paul and, and Blake Griffin. So I'd rather not see them step on their own feet and fall on their face. So I'm I'm cool with them being, you know, number two and, and – have been a tough out in the second, third, or second round of the conference finals. So yeah, I, I've I've just been about that for for a little while because I'm just not really sold on the Spurs more so than I am like really yeah. sold on the Clippers. And and I think I, the Clippers do have like a. I said that you know I, I they do have that you know pedigree in the same way that I feel like that the 2011 Mavs did, where it's like it's the same core they've been together for a long time. They keep on knocking on the door. They just have a bunch of veterans that you know they've got a couple years left, but they're you know they know how to do they know how to do the job. And uh, you know obviously they need a lot of help with the Warriors being in the same conference. And the, you know the Spurs are really solid, or you know should be solid. But I think I believe I think I know what I'm getting more with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's it's nice because the Clippers, yeah, they know where they're at. And I think uh, I don't think they feel worried this season. I think the pressure has kind of gone off of them, right? Because people have maybe taken maybe taken some of their eggs out of that Clippers basket after so many years of like, oh, what are they going to do? When are they, you know, how many times can they lose to the Grizzlies in the first round? How many times can they lose to the Spurs in the first round after having you know a great record? And this year, it's like, oh, you're just going to get injured again. You know, one of you, one of one of you is going to get injured again. You're not going to make it. It's not going to be that big a deal. We're not even going to, you know, kind of a side note because I think I kind of forget about the. I'm I'm more thinking about the Warriors and the Spurs in the Western Conference. To be perfectly honest, and the Clippers almost seem they, they do almost seem like maybe they're that that easier out. Now now is the time. Yeah, to no, and I do feel I, I think you're you're right too that I, you know I feel like people have taken their eggs out of their basket. And I feel like for for the one of the first times ever since. Uh, they got Chris Paul like they're really kind of like almost an afterthought, you know, at, at times, you know, in the Western mm-hmm. Conference. Because, you know, I think everyone's just talking about the Warriors, really. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, it helps the, the division they play in, even though they're, they're in that division with the Warriors. They also have, you know, Lakers, Suns, and Kings to, to sort of beat up on. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, it's got the Kings. Oh man, that, that's that's been some funny stuff that's been coming out of the Kings uh, this week with the uh, stuff that Vivek Ranadive has said, and then Jeff Petrie, former Blazers GM, in addition to being the GM for the Kings. But this is not a Kings podcast. Uh, sorry for that tangent, yeah. but Thank yeah, God. yeah. Seriously, I think I don't I don't think this podcast would exist if it was a Kings podcast. Uh, <laughs> you know, but anyway. Um, that's it for tonight, I think. Uh, f- for me, uh, follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Gunderson. Uh, and you can catch my stuff sometimes at Blazer's Edge. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play. And give us a five-star review. Dane, follow Dane at Dane Carbaugh on Twitter. And anything else you want to plug, Dane? 
Well, you can uh, find me on YouTube at The Rewind. I have uh, some content coming up at the start of November when the real regular season starts. And, of course, you can read my writing over at Pro Basketball Talk on NBC Sports. All right. That's it for us. And we will catch you next time for another edition of Locked on Blazers.